Welcome to another edition of Full Disclosure. Every Wednesday morning here on the WMAY Morning News Feed, we check in with the Better Government Association, keeping tabs on what your government is doing and how it's doing it and whether they're doing it out in the open so we can all be aware of what's happening. David Grising is the president and CEO of the BGA and is here with us again this morning. Uh, and David, this morning we're going to start with something that we uh, we often do on the program, usually leave it toward late uh, in the half hour. Uh, and that's uh, one of the uh, the BGA fact checks. You can find these at the Better Government Association website. This one's pretty important, though, because it has to do with one of the most important things that's happening right now here in Illinois, and that's the effort to get as many people vaccinated as possible against COVID, uh, COVID-19. Governor J.B. Pritzker is making some claims about the state's efforts, and the BGA has looked pretty closely at what the governor's had to say. Yeah, the governor during his uh, budget speech in mid-February said that Illinois ranked first among the most 10 10 most populous states. We looked into that and found that that didn't really hold up. That was true for only three out of 11 days preceding the governor's speech. And uh, prior to that, Illinois had been 43rd in the nation on per capita basis in delivering doses of the vaccine. And if you look at delivering the second dose, Illinois actually ranked last among the 10 states. And so we found the governor's claim to be half true. Yeah, it, it, when you start uh, having that many qualifiers and quantifiers when you're assessing your progress about how, well, among these 10 states, we're doing the best on these days, you, you have to start to wonder here. It does certainly seem like we're picking up the pace. We're getting things uh, mobilized more effectively. The National Guard being deployed to more locations, including here in Springfield, and they are ramping up uh, their uh, efforts here. In fact, just today, expanding that from 600 shots a day to 1,100 shots a day. We seem to be moving in the right direction, but it was a slow start for the state's vaccination effort. Yes, it was, and that it, some of that is due to logistical uh, decisions that the uh, the governor himself made uh, with regard to trying to rely on the state's own infrastructure uh, early on in the crisis rather than relying on uh, um, some federal sources that were available. Um, the, you know, this has been a very difficult challenge by any measure. Uh, but to make a claim that we are the best when Illinois really has struggled, you know, kind of bottom grouping, middle, low middle grouping at best, typically. And so that's why that claim really stuck out to us, because Illinois really has lagged other states and, and has, has not been a leader overall. And this uh, is why the the BGA website is so important. The PolitiFact Illinois Fact Check Service is so important because they really do evaluate these claims. They don't just take them at face value. They put them into context and help you understand what's really happening there. You can go see the full fact check where everything is documented and laid out and the uh, the rationale given for their half-true rating for the governor's statement. You can find that at bettergov.org. want to move on now to something that is a little bit inside baseball in terms of Illinois politics here. For the average voter, it probably doesn't matter all that much who is running the state party organizations. We had a shakeup a few weeks ago with the Republican Party. Now Springfield Attorney Don Tracy's in charge, uh, but still up in the air and apparently to be decided later today is who's going to run the Illinois uh, Democratic Party, Democratic Party of Illinois, in the aftermath of Mike Madigan's resignation. The reason this has become somewhat significant is because there are questions about how one of the two main contenders could actually function in that job, given her her day job, uh, and how transparent the party will be in terms of its fundraising. Help us untangle this, David. 
Right. Well, for the first time, we will have a black woman run, running the Illinois Democratic Party. The contest is between Representative Robin Kelly of Matheson and, Mich and Alderman Michelle Harris of Chicago. Uh, going into tonight's vote, it looks as if Harris is closest to winning. She has the backing of Governor Pritzker and Senator Duckworth. Uh, Robin Kelly, on the other hand, has Dick Durbin's backing, and she has also uh, a Durbin protege, Bill Houlihan, uh, rounding up votes among downstate uh, members of, of the um, Central Committee of the State Democratic Party. This is an important position. Uh, we looked at the power, look at the power that Mike Madigan wielded in this position. Uh, the person in this role has a lot of control over who runs for office, who gets campaign funding. There are about $2 million in the uh, campaign coffers of the Democratic Party of Illinois. Uh, and the big issue, as you pointed out, Jim, is Robin Kelly, as a, con a congressperson, is prohibited from raising uh, political funds uh, uh, on behalf of the Democratic Party. And she's trying to position this as, well, this is great because fundraising responsibilities will be distributed across the state. It won't just be one person rule like, like we she doesn't say like we had under Madigan, although that was the case. Uh, that's really kind of dressing up a real weakness when, in fact, fundraising is a key role for whoever runs the state Democratic Party. And it raises all sorts of questions about uh, whether there will be real transparency in terms of fundraising. If uh, it is being spread out to so many places, it seems like that opens the door to all kinds of shenanigans. Uh, it's interesting from a political observer standpoint, because, as you noted, uh, some of the most powerful Democratic politicians in the state uh, are divided on this, and in particular, the, the split between our two U.S. Senators, Dick Durbin and Tammy Duckworth, who usually seem to be in lockstep with each other, but they're on opposite sides of this question. And then again, the uh, the big question about uh, how they would handle the, the fundraising, keeping track of the money, how the chairman of the Democratic Party uh, keeps herself completely separate from state-level fundraising, which, as you noted, again, she's uh, prohibited from being a part of as a federally elected official. So it, it does seem like it, it would could create potentially all kinds of entanglements at a time when the party needs to not have a lot of entanglements. They've got to uh, to, to position themselves for 2022 and, uh, and try to restructure themselves after Mike Madigan's near total control for years now. So it's going to be fascinating to watch it all play out, and the vote's coming up tonight. Right, and there, uh, another kind of sideshow to all this will be uh, what, what people say about uh, – out, outgoing uh, state chair Mike Madigan, uh, there is uh, on the program for tonight uh, a period in which people are expected to express their appreciation for the longtime House Speaker and Democratic Party chief. And uh, given that Madigan left uh, because he's at the center of a federal corruption investigation, uh, it's going to be very interesting to see who stands up and says good things about him. Uh, the, the, his successor, Chris Welch, has been a, um, you know, has said good things about Madigan. It's not as if nobody will say good things about Madigan, but who says what 
uh, will be quite an interesting sort of sideshow before they get to the vote itself. Because I guarantee one group that will be closely watching exactly what is said about Mike Madigan are Illinois Republicans. They'll be taking careful notes and they won't hesitate to use anybody's words against them over the next two years. 847 now. We will continue with more full disclosure in just a moment with David Greising, President and CEO of the Better Government Association here on the WMAY Morning News Feed. The BGA has been taking a careful look at this commission set up in Chicago that is evaluating a number of different monuments around that city with an eye toward possibly getting rid of some of them because they depict people who may have past ties to slavery or other un- unsavory aspects of American life. Uh, but that commission itself has been operating quite a bit in the shadows, David. Right, no doubt. Uh, this commission is taking a look at removal of 41 statues, some of which include Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, Ulysses S. Grant. Uh, and uh, this is quite a contentious issue in that there were protests and, in fact, even a sort of an arm, a fight uh, uh, surrounding the removal of a Christopher Columbus statue in Chicago's Grand Park last summer. Mayor Lori Lightfoot uh, established a new committee to take a look at whether there are other offending statues that need attention. And this committee, we found after an investigation, this committee met in secret. And at the first meeting, participants were told that um, what's said here stays here. And uh, this flies in the face of of Mayor Lightfoot's promise to be the most transparent mayor in the city's history. And it really flies in the face of public participation in what is a very important decision about who is honored, who is dishonored by having their statues taken down, and why this could could or might happen. So, David, any chance that uh, now that you are shining a light on their shadows that they will become more open in their discussions and their process? Well, they say that now, first of all, they say they didn't do anything wrong, although there's case law that establishes that a committee like this ought to have open meetings, and we're going to pursue that matter. But uh, they're saying, well, no, we're going to open things up now, and we're going to invite all kinds of public participation. But they've now, you know, the city itself, the mayor's administration, hand-selected the 41 statues that that they say need uh, close attention. And so it would appear that some decisions may already be made before public input, input is invited. We'll uh, look forward to hearing more about how this all plays out and your efforts to uh, to hold them accountable. Before we move on to our next subject, a little bit of breaking news this morning. CNN's reporting that the FBI is warning it's been picking up extremist chatter, suggesting there could be a potential terrorist attack on the U.S. Capitol tomorrow. Now, the date is significant because tomorrow is the day that under this uh, QAnon theory uh, that Donald Trump will uh, resume his presidency. He'll be sworn in as the rightful president of the United States. Uh, Don't ask me to explain how this is all supposed to work, but it is tied to the date of March 4th. And so, again, the FBI is warning of the possibility that extremist groups could be targeting the Capitol tomorrow. It it leads us back to our next topic, which relates to the January 6th insurrection at the Capitol. And that has now become a a political issue here in Illinois with Illinois Democrats uh, trying to, uh, to make some hay out of this as it pertains to a a state lawmaker here in Illinois, David. Right. Chris Miller of Oakland and his wife, a newly elected uh, um, uh, House of Representative member, uh, uh, 
drove to uh, Mary Miller, drove to Washington, D.C. to be there in person for the January 6th demonstration that ultimately led to the insurrection event at the Capitol. And on their pickup truck window was adhered a decal uh, that had the logo of a group called the Three Percenters that is listed as a paramilitary hate group. And uh, uh, Chris Miller says that uh, he was unaware of this symbol, that uh, one of one of his, his children's friends gave it to the family and it was just put up on, on the uh, window. This uh, happened the day after Mary Miller memorably uh, uh, quoted Adolf Hitler in a speech in front of the Capitol, uh, uh, kind of talking about the need to recruit young people. So this uh, political power couple uh, is in a lot of hot water, and it would appear for good reason. Uh, so uh, the uh, Illinois House uh, Democrats, more than 30 of them, have signed on to a resolution of formal condemnation of Chris Miller. He made a few incendiary remarks on a Facebook Live video while he was uh, out there that day. He says he had nothing at all to do with the actual assault on the Capitol. But again, his uh, truck was parked right there. And not a lot of people really are apparently buying that he would put this, this huge decal with this anti-government malicious style group on his truck and have no idea what that symbol actually represented. It's also worth noting that Chris Miller is an ally and friend of Darren Bailey, who is one of the Republican candidates seeking to unseat J.B. Pritzker next year. So Democrats are going to do everything they can uh, to try to paint that wing of the GOP as extremist. Uh, and this is part of that ongoing effort there. It's going to be fascinating to watch it all play out in the uh, weeks to come. David Greising, president and CEO of the Better Government Association. We are just about out of time this morning, but tell people a little bit more about uh, the BGA and how they can reach you and the organization during the rest of the week. Right. The BGA, we've been around for almost 100 years. We do investigative reporting about uh, structural failings of government. We also do policy advocacy. We're advocating for ethics reform in Illinois. We're advocating for fair maps in Illinois and also uh, safe and uh, fair access to the voting booth. Those are a few of our policy issues. And to reach me, uh, I'm my email is dgreising at bettergov.org. That's D-G-R-E-I-S-I-N-G at bettergov.org, and our website is bettergov.org. And here each week, full disclosure on the WMAY morning news feed. David, thank you so much. And again, be sure to go check the Better Government Association website, bettergov.org. Lots of great informative uh, material there, uh, all readily available and accessible to you. David, thanks again. We'll talk next week. See you next week, Jim. Thanks very much.